0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Moms & Coaching Podcast. I'm Brooke Wyckoff, women's basketball coach at Florida State University, and mom to my daughter, Avery.
1: And I'm Erica Lambert, women's basketball coach at Abilene Christian University, and mom to my
0: daughters, Ava and Maya. Being a mom and being a coach are two amazing jobs, but being both provides a unique set of challenges, especially in the world of college athletics. So on this podcast, we discuss our experiences, share some advice, and have real conversations with other moms in coaching who get it.
1: If you're a college coach, a high school coach, anyone working in athletics, or a working parent in general, we're so glad you're here listening in. We wanna encourage you to win the day and keep your family first. We're talking with Texas Tech head coach Krista Gerlich this week, and we couldn't be more excited to share her story with you. She was named Tech's new head coach in mid-August, so she's been doing all the interviews over the last several weeks, but none quite like this. Krista's resume is an impressive one with 14 years of head coaching experience, first at D2 West Texas A&M and then at UT Arlington. She leaves UTA as the program's winningest women's basketball coach in school history and was named Sunbelt Coach of the Year in 2019. Krista is now the head coach at her alma mater, where she was a stud on the Red Raiders' 1993 national championship team. She's coaching her program in the same arena where her jersey hangs in the rafters. Even more impressive, though, is the family she's raised. Krista is married to Brian, a high school athletic director, and they have two children, Bryn and Brayden, who are big kids now, both in college, and both mom's pride and joy. You'll hear a lot more about them in this episode. As a veteran coaching mom, Krista has great words of wisdom for all parents in athletics. Welcome back to the Moms & Coaching Podcast. Joining us today is Texas Tech National Champion and Texas Tech Hall of Famer, as well as newly named head women's basketball coach, Krista Gerlich. Krista, thank you for joining us today.
2: Thanks for asking me, Erica. It's great to see you and Brooke
1: both. So I have to stop right there. We actually have two head coaches on this call. And before we dive into Lady Raider basketball, Brooke,
0: we need an update for uh, what's going on out there at Florida State. Well, I am not in quite the position that Coach Garlick is in. <laughs> I'm interim, thankfully. But Coach Sue needed uh, a little time away just to take care of her mother who is battling cancer. So. Fortunately, we're able to step in and and hold it down for her. We'll see what that looks like this year. I hate the circumstances, but definitely honored and ready to do whatever's needed to continue to maintain what she's built here and the legacy of Florida State women's basketball. So here we go, guys, right? I was watching an interview with her
1: this week and she said, she mentioned that you have been a Seminole longer than she has, which I didn't realize that. So she didn't recruit
0: you. I committed to the coach that was here before her and decided not to leave when she got the job. And it was the best thing ever because she ended up being, you know, coach Sue and, and it changed my life. So yeah, just a few months ahead of her as a Seminole.
1: Well, I thought that was really sweet when she mentioned that. And then also just that she said she was putting her money where her mouth is. Like we tell our kids all the time that they're people first and family comes first. And so just to see her step away and do that, I think is a good example for everybody in our profession. And obviously we hope the best for that situation and for her mom.
2: Congratulations Brooke, that's awesome. And that shows a great um, amount of confidence and support in you and I think that's uh, you're gonna, you're gonna kill it, it's great. Thank you so much, I appreciate that.
1: Okay. So Krista, we know that new head coaches typically go into their position with a plan for the first 30 days, first 60 days. I feel like your situation is pretty unique (laughs) just because it's late in the calendar year. We're in the midst of a global pandemic. Your players are coming out of a, a tricky situation and we've got racial tensions going on all over the country too. So I'm just curious with your plan going in, what have been your highest priorities during this transition? You've been there about a month now.
2: Yes. Yeah. I think a little less than a month. And um, yeah. Super. I mean, anytime you take on a new job, it's difficult, right? The timing, and you feel like you're behind. As, as soon as you take it, you feel like you're behind, no matter what's happening. Um, this is like on steroids. <laughs> like I'm behind on steroids. Um, but but I, I do think that things are, are you know starting to fall into place. Um, I would say that my highest priority were those girls in that locker room. Um, you know, just trying to to get to them and to get to their um hearts really and and just start reassuring them that um you know it's going to be okay things are getting on the right path and and that it's going to be a long hard path and 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 climb that we can do some really special things so yeah there's there's a lot going on and and um, the least of it right now is basketball which is difficult but at the same time um you know I've always been one of those that it's bigger than basketball. So we've got to take care of a lot of other things, um, relationships and just um, trust, building trust, um, just getting to know one another, all of those things before we even think about, you know, X's and O's and, and how we're going to win a basketball game.
1: What advice do you have for a new head coach who's taking over a program that's under problematic circumstances? Let's just word it that way.
2: Yeah, you know, you have to go in and you have to move forward. Um, I, I try really hard not to even reference um, the past because there's nothing I can do about it. And, and it's not fair. I mean, it's not fair to those that were involved. And it's it's not good um, to be able to, to talk about something that that I wasn't involved in and, and that I don't that I didn't witness. So um, it's one of those things where you jump in and you just start painting a picture of the future. And but you have to start um, building from the ground up and, and just really laying the foundation. And I think it's really important that, um, that you start with little things, you know, if, if just making phone calls to those players, as soon as you get the job and, and start talking to them about them, you know, about what, in fact, the th- thing that I did was as I asked the first question I asked them was tell me why you chose to come to Texas Tech um, because I wanted to hear, their reasonings for coming. And then I wanted to go through that list with each one of them and say, okay, where where's the gap? Where are we falling short of your great experience? Because we want it to be a great experience here at Texas Tech. And um, and so that that's really, I think, um, important that you start immediately with the girls that are in your locker room. But then also you've got to reach out to the parents and start assuring them because being moms, we all know it doesn't matter um, if you're a coach or not. Like when you send your kid, college or in a different environment that you're not there or somebody better be looking out for them and and that's their prized possession so i think it's really important to reassure the parents that they're going to be well taken care of
0: that leads us right into our next question a really fun one Uh, the fact that your daughter bryn is now on your team yes that's got to be so amazing but also might be a little bit tricky. And we're just curious, how did you guys come to that decision for her to transfer from Oklahoma state to Texas tech? And what kind of discussions do you have or boundaries do you set in terms of a mother, daughter, uh, coach player relationship?
2: Yeah. So, um, first of all, God's doing, I mean, completely God's doing, um, Because I'll tell you, first of all, just going through the recruiting process with her was really difficult um, just because of the dynamics. And, um, you know, we recruited her and and it was really, really hard on our relationship and not because um, I was pushing and pulling or anything like that, just because... I wanted her to know that we absolutely wanted her to, I wanted to coach her and those things like that, but it was, it's hers. It's her journey. It's her story. It's what she wanted to, to be. It's her dreams. And she really wanted to play and um, the power five levels. She wanted to play in the big 12 and, and I was really proud of her for that. And so um, when she went to Oklahoma state, I thought it was a great choice. Um, she's had a great experience. Um, but of course, you know, one of the reasons that she didn't, play for me was because I wasn't at that level. So craziness that it happened and out of the blue, everything. And so that conversation was actually, I didn't even bring it up to her until, um, I, I had a on-campus interview because I just didn't want to make her worry, but I also wanted to make sure that she was aware. Cause you know how the rumor they'll get started and, and she was going to hear some things through social media or something. And I didn't want her to get caught off guard. Um, because we did play against each other this past year and it was not fun. <laughs> Everybody was so excited about it. It wasn't fun at all. <laughs> so uh, on either end. So I made sure that, that she was aware. And, and I did tell her when I was going to the interview, I said, look, look, one of the first things that I want to happen if this happens is I want you to play for me, you know, and if that's an option, like I want to, I want to get it out there now. And, and she was like, well, I certainly don't want to play against you. <laughs> you know." So um, it's really a dream come true. And it's bittersweet for her because she loves Oklahoma State. I mean, she loved going to school there. Um, she loved her teammates. She loved her coaches. She loved everything. But um, thank goodness for me, I guess she loves her mom more. <laughs> so, um, and, and there are some boundaries and it is tricky a little bit, especially bringing her into a new team. Um, the girls here have been fantastic. And um, they really recognize the how special it is and just the opportunity that, that we have together. And, um, I think that they have really kind of relied on maybe an avenue to me, like she's an avenue that they can get to me, get to know me better and know what my expectations are and things like that. But, um, she, one of the first things she did ask me was, what am I going to call you? (laughs) And uh, I said, why do you need to call me? (laughs) And she said, well, what if I have a question? I was like, what questions could you have? No, but, uh, you know, I was like, just make it natural. I'm like, if, you know, if it's, if you're going to say mom, that's okay. Like I am your mom. I mean, goodness gracious. But at the same time, she already knows, you know, that I am going to be more more, harder on her. And she knows that there's going to be a little bit higher expectations and that I do expect her to know a few more things than than maybe some of my current players. But um, at the same time, I just am excited about, given her that confidence to play and, and, uh, to know that, that I believe in her, you know, so much and, and that her team, that she has a chance to be a Red Raider. I mean, I can't tell you that how much that warms this Red Raiders heart, um, that not only Brynn, but my son is walking on the football team. And so I have, uh, my, our whole family's all of a sudden Red Raiders. And so I'm, I mean, I'll start crying if we talk about it too much.
0: <laughs> that is so cool. And, I, I'm curious though, too, like, have you ever coached Brynn before or what, what was your dynamic like when you were just watching her play or, you know, high school and even this past year, yeah. how involved were th- were you in coaching her or, you know, advice?
2: Yeah. When she was growing up, um, when we lived in Canyon, I did coach her um, AAU team when they were young um, and it was super fun. And we had such a good little team um, and that team stayed together like for six years. Um, it was incredible so when we actually did move to uta it was kind of heartbreaking because she didn't play with them anymore um in high school uh you know i tried really hard not to coach her and just to be her her cheerleader um uh, and supporter. but of course you have those conversations and she she wanted them i mean she would ask me um you know different things about her game and and how she could help her team more and um and things like that um so but but when she went to college i became her, um, just her mom. And that's what she wanted. Um, she knew that it was going to be really difficult. Um, her first year at at, at Oklahoma state, no matter where she went, it was going to be difficult. And she just really wanted to be able to rely on me as, as her mom. But I'll tell you where it helps us is that, um, those first two years that she was there, um, of course, you know, I'm, I'm cheering for her. I'm wanting her. I mean, I'm wanting her to do great. All of those things. It's great perspective for me as a coach and a parent to know what parents are going through. Number one, the drop off y'all at college is real. (laughs) That drive away is real. (laughs) And I, for so long was like, Hey, we've got your kids. It's fine. We've got care of them. They're all good. What, why are the tears coming? Like what's happening? And no, I 100% know where the tears come from. So that has given me great uh, perspective. It also gives me great perspective for communication um, because Bryn had so many questions um, about, you know, why do you think that I didn't get to play? Why do you think that I got pulled out at that moment? Why do you think that this and that? And sometimes we would have conversations where, you know, and they would be short because I would have, I would be getting back in the car to go back to Arlington that night, but they would be, um, you know where maybe she was frustrated and she vented, and I would have to just listen. And then um, I always told her I I I listened to her and I tried to empathize, but I always turned it back and said, "Hey, now I need to be the coach because I'm not going to let you um, end on a negative note because that's just going to feed in your mind and become continue to be negative." And so I would say this is what I probably is what I'm seeing or this is what he might be thinking or da da, da, da and tried to, to turn it back positive um, and, and get her mind right because that's the thing. And, and you guys all know as coaches um, that anytime kids are frustrated or being negative in some manner or, or venting, and we all have to do that. Um, if it's, if it sits there, it, it festers. And if it, if, if, if you add to it, boy, it festers. And so as much as maybe even sometimes I wanted to, I mean, I probably wanted to add to it at times as her mom, um, but couldn't and wouldn't and and just would, you know, steer her back to, okay, this is the hand you're being dealt right now. You got to go play it and you can't feel sorry for yourself and you got to learn from it. And so it it really has been great for her, for me, um, both. So, so I, yeah, it's, it's, it's a work in progress, no doubt.
0: <laughs> wow. But it's so beneficial, like you said, for your players that you coach, just that can only add to their experience.
2: Well, and you know what else is that my players at UTA were really good friends with Brynn. And so I was able to tell them some of the things she was going through. And that really helped them go, oh, it's not just us. And Coach Gerlich's having to deal with it too. Like it, it was really beneficial on both sides.
0: I'm curious, too, about the dynamics of when you have your mom, for lack of a better term, your mom goggles on. I struggle and I'm very nervous about myself. We can't help it. That's our kid. We want to see the best for them. And as we all know, a coach may not see things the way we see it. How hard was that for you personally or internally to deal with as she's playing at higher and higher levels? Did you struggle with that at all? Uh,
2: 100%. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, because you know, it, it, it kind of stinks when you're a coach too, because you do know some things about the game. And, and of course it, that's, I think that's what I mean about the perspective as a parent. Like now when I talk to other parents, you know, about their kid and they're going, well, I know she can do this, or I know she can do that. Or if you just would um, it, it hits home. It does hit home. Cause I'm like, "Oh boy, I totally understand that. So, um, it's, and and I did have some issues with that. I mean, it's hard to internalize all that, but um, I think you just have to continue to make them learning lessons and growing and um, continue to press on and and encourage them to continue to work hard and to communicate. Um, I I encouraged her to really communicate with the coaches to get their perspective and to get really good feedback. And, And I would tell her, look, you better be ready because when you do go in there, it's going to be honest feedback and sometimes you're not going to like to hear it, but you've got to trust that it's, um, it's, it's beneficial for you. And what I tell my players and her, I'm like, look, at the end of the day, every coach wants to win and they are going to 100% play the kids that they think can help them win and not and making sure that they're winning the right way. So You know, there are, it's going to be fair. It's not always going to seem fair. But if you're doing what you're supposed to be doing and you can help, then it's going to happen. And I just truly believe that. And I think kids have to believe in that.
0: We gotta have you back on in a couple years after a couple seasons <laughs> of you with Brandon and see how it all went. Because this is, you know, of course, I feel like it's every mother's dream for to have their child play for them, especially at this level. What a great experience! And so we're we're watching and can't wait to hear how it all goes. But congratulations, that is so cool.
2: Thank you, thank you. We're looking forward to it.
0: Well, needless to say, you know this is a huge year for you guys. Not only with the new job and Bryn coming, but your son is now off to college. But he's going to tech. So, do you feel like you and your husband are empty nesters, or is this you guys are all there together in Lubbock? Is this going to be like business as usual with the family together?
2: Well, we're really we're really so excited about it, um, because you know having two two professionals in the in the um family and we we both have really busy jobs and I feel like our I feel like our 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 lives up until this point our kids have sacrificed a lot I mean they've sacrificed a lot of time with us and um you know and, and we haven't gotten to see all of them their events we haven't got to be there for them in some really great moments and um I I was very nervous about becoming empty nesters and thinking, what are we going to do? You know, what are we going to do with our, which we knew what that was going to look like. It was going to be going to Navarro, going to Oklahoma State, you know, going to UTA, going to Collierville Heritage, going to Grapevine, all these things. But um, now I feel like it's God's way of just like making it full circle and saying, you know, you've been patient and you've been, diligent on what you're trying to do. And now um, I'm going to reward you. And again, I'm going to get emotional about this. Like I'm going to reward you with the time in your life when you thought your kids were going to be going away and doing their thing. Like now you get to see them at their best and some of their, what they've been working so hard for and what we've been pushing them for that now we get to be right on top of it. And our schedules are going to mesh where we can be a part of it. So I'm so thankful. And I'm telling you, I just fall to my knees thanking God for, the, for this opportunity. And I'm telling you, I'm getting emotional because it was just, it's such a blessing.
1: Absolutely. That sounds like such a bonus. What an unexpected blessing.
2: Exactly. When you least expect it. I mean, that's the thing you try to plan it out. And boy, God laughs at you.
1: <laughs> right? he, he orders our steps for sure. And that one all came for together. Sure. That's awesome. We're excited for your family. So if we could back up quite a ways, I'd love for you to walk (laughs) us through kind of the quick version of your family's timeline, starting with how you and your husband met and then just sort of where you were when each of your kids were born. Decision making process of how you and Brian put your careers together. Everybody's coaching mom stories different. And I think it's always beneficial to hear those
2: oh yeah um and ours is i'll try to make give it the condensed version because it's kind of lengthy and of course i'm one of the older moms now so (laughs) you know mine is mine is a a whole lifetime but um brian and i met in college he played football at tech he's a linebacker for the football team and um and i was of course on the basketball team and i tell this story all the time but you know now they have the um uh training tables um, back then we were just it was just called the athletic dining hall and um, and and we happened to eat in there all the time and, and I always tell him that we met at the salad bar <laughs> <laughs> we were we actually were at the salad bar you know flirting I guess whatever you want to call it and one of the football coaches dick winder who is the offensive coordinator at the time and big man, um just real rough voice very scary um and he came up to us once and he had a few explicits but basically he told us to quit our mm-mm flirting at the salad bar and it was just so funny and i immediately was like oh yes sir yes sir and i went and sat down but come to find out coach Wonder is just a big old teddy bear he was the sweetest man and um, he, he, he was so great to us and came to our wedding and everything. And um, so they, it was so awesome. But anyway, so we got married and um, immediately just dove in. As soon as I graduate, y'all, my, my senior year, I got engaged at Christmas. I was student teaching in the spring, planning a wedding and um, winning the national championship. Like it was craziness. And so we won in April and I got married in June and we both had jobs in August. Um, and we were at a small town just right outside of Lubbock and, um, and we were both there. Brian actually had a, a really good job, um, at Andrews high school and he had to, um, he, well, they had a nepotism role. And so we both couldn't, coach in the same school. And so we had to leave. So that that was tough because he had a really good job. And we went to a smaller school where we could both um, coach at the same place. And we were there just one year. And I'll tell you that first year of marriage was really, really difficult because we were both like trying to figure this thing out. Like, well, I wanted to do this. Well, I wanted to do that. And, you know, oh, because we're one now. And so we've got to really consider each other's, um, you know, dreams and goals and things like that. So we ended up moving to San Antonio um, pretty uh, after our first year of marriage. And in San Antonio, it allowed us to have more options, you know, for us to be able to do what we wanted to do. So we were there for about five years. And I went from San Antonio Taft, being a head coach at the high school, to um, working at UTSA as an assistant for a couple of years to opening um, Reagan High School, which was a brand new 5A high school at the time in San Antonio, while Brian was at, um, he, he was at a smaller school, at, at San Antonio Randolph, that's what it was, and then he went to um, San Antonio Madison and coached there for a while. So <clears throat> we had Bryn Um, When I went, when I I left UTSA, when I was pregnant with Bryn because of the travel and I just didn't know what that was going to look like. And so I was able to get the head job at San Antonio Reagan and I was there for a year and it was a great high school job, a tremendous high school job. And it was very conducive to me being a new mom. Um, And Brian gets the phone call for his first head football job and it's back up in West Texas. And I, I mean, I cried the whole way just not, I'm just going to let, we just built a house where Brian's parents lived down in this area. And so, yeah, I cried the whole way. We went back up to a small school. I did not. Um, well, I wasn't going to coach the first year that we were there. And I was at his school and he was like about a month before school started. He was like, I have to have a math teacher and I have to have a, a, a assistant basketball coach, volleyball coach. And I was like, mm. <laughs> so I, I did it. Um, and we were there for two years and then he was able to get a, um, another head job, which is up in Hereford, which was a bigger school. Um, a really very rich tradition, football team, um, football program. And we had Brayden actually, we had Brayden in Lubbock, but right before we left, we were at Tohoka and, um, we, so we had both kids and then we moved to Hereford. So now he's he's working at I was just teaching then. I just taught math there um, and he's the head football coach. We're there one year and Coach Sharp finally gets an opening on her staff at Tech. And she ca- calls me, I mean I call, we talk and I'm like, "Oh my gosh." And I look at Brian and I'm like, "What do we do?" Like, you're doing, you know, he's like, "This is what you this is your dream job. Like you you're going to go work for Coach Sharp. You're going to go back to Texas Tech." And we're like, "Oh my gosh." So I do that. He tries to stay at at Hereford for a little while. He ends up coming to Lubbock and um, he just kind of has kind of some odd jobs. He worked at tech and development for a little while. He went back into the high school and coached some football at a Smiley Wilson junior high, which was the ninth grade, which was incredible because they won the um, city championship his, when he was the head coach there and they had never won the city championship. So that was super cool. And then he moved into the, into Coronado High School as an administrator. So he kind of started doing the administrative thing. So we were there for three years and then Coach Sharp decided to retire and it was way too early. I was like, what are you doing? Don't, don't do it, don't do it. <laughs> I mean, I was super happy for her, but um, so then things happened there. And I mean, you talk about fruit basket turnover. Um, that was That was probably one of our toughest years is when that happened because Brian was in administration. We, you know, I le- I left tech and was like, where are we going? Um, Lubbock was so so great to us. Lubbock ISD actually hired me as a an assistant athletic director for the district to to really I feel like to keep Brian in the district, which I thought was super cool. And then in um, I told y'all this was long. I'm so sorry. <laughs> and then um, he uh, or no, then the West Texas A&M came open the head job, which I went to their camp for years. I mean, like second grade, third grade, fourth grade. Coach Snyder was great friends with with my dad and our family. I grew up knowing Brandon Snyder. Uh, We would go to coaching school with our families every summer. And um, so it was, again, very much like this, um, that I started that job September 4th. Um, So it was so crazy that it happened that way. And so I moved to Canyon. Brian actually stayed with the kids in Lubbock for the year. Um, and my parents um, lived in Lubbock, which was really, really nice. So we had that help. So I went back and forth. Um, it's an hour and a half. So it's not terrible, but it was hard because they were little. Um, then we were able to move them to Canyon. So Braden started kindergarten there and Bryn started second grade. And we were there for seven years and it was fantastic. It was wonderful such a great community. And, and we had, I was so blessed with such a great career. And, and Brian ended up getting a head football job at Amarillo Highland Park. Then he ended up deciding to work for Reddell football helmets for a little while. Um, just some really weird times. It was just, we were jockeying. I mean, it was just tough. We were just making things work. We just continued to communicate. Um, and it was hard. There were some really, really tough times on our marriage and, and on our family, just trying to figure out, you know, what we were doing. Um, you know, I will tell you all, and this is really a private thing, but he and I ended up going to a a marriage retreat, um, during all of this, um, because it was so difficult and that was so, um, great for us. And it was, um, it was, it was so great to be able to, to just spend some time with each other and on each other and really trying to focus on, um, what, our marriage meant to us and how we wanted to keep our family together and what directions we wanted to go. And so that was, that was a really um, such a godsend and such great timing. Um, and then I got to a point at, at WT that I, I had my eyes on built a brand new facility, I knew they were changing conferences, I knew um, that they were making a commitment to to women, men's and women's basketball for sure. and. I, I just, I had to work up the courage. I had interviewed at some other places throughout the time, but I was so comfortable at WT and we knew we were so blessed, but I knew where I wanted to be, fast forward, right? And, and I thought for me to be able to do that, I had to take that next step and it was scary and it was hard, but um, I went to UTA, um, I, again, the kids, and, and that, that was really hard on the kids. They were in junior high. Junior high is a hard age. It's a really hard age to move kids, um, but they just, they were resilient, and I'm so thankful that they were, and through, through, they started realizing that it was a good move for them as well. Um, it was hard, but it was good, and so this, really, at Arlington, that's the first time in our in our marriage that both of us because Brian was an assistant principal for a year, moved right into an assistant athletic director's job for the district. And in, in two years, he was the athletic director for the district, which is really what his ultimate goal was. And that was the first time that we were both doing exactly what we wanted to be doing in our careers. So for the next five years, it's been awesome. UTA has been so great. I mean, and it was again so hard to leave. And who, who knew that we were going to? I mean, lots of people asked me that throughout my time at UTA. You know, especially recruits. You know, when are you leaving? When are you leaving? And I was like, UTA is an awesome place, and they were, and it was so awesome for our family. Um, and and you have to make decisions for your family um, at at you know at, at some point. And that's really where we were all in a really really good place. And so um, when this job was open two years ago and I didn't really get a sniff at it. Um, I probably closed that door in my mind and was like, you know, I unless something's crazy comes out, you know, that I'm not prepared for, I was prepared to be at UTA and, and I was okay with that. UTA did everything they could to keep me there, which was incredible. And I just loved, loved, loved working there. Um, so when this did happen, it literally was, a god thing and just out of the blue and when you least expect it and um my family's just been so great and brayden have been amazing and so happy for me and the just the things that they've said and and brian has been incredible and he's staying right now in grapevine in Colleyville um, because he has such a good job and they're trying to get through a pandemic um obviously as we all are and so it kind of makes sense that we can do that um but um, you know, of course, we want him to get back with our family as soon as possible. But at the same time, we know that we can make this work. And, um, and, and so there's not a, a big rush for for him to leave that job, but to not have one. So we're going to just pray about it and hope that um, something wonderful comes out um, here in Lubbock and, and that we can get back together um, as soon as possible. But I'm sorry. That was so long, <laughs> but
1: it's a journey. It. We love it. Thank you for sharing that. I think it's just really quite a journey here. Like we see you now, but there were so many steps that went into it. And I think when you're married and you have kids, that decision-making process looks so different than it does for coaches without families. And so lots of sacrifices made on, on both
2: parts. It sounds like so true. So true. And just, um, and a lot of things, I mean, even for our kids, I mean, Brynn, um, Bryn ended up having a great career at Colleyville Heritage, but that she left her friends in Canyon and and they won like almost four uh, four state championships in a row. Like it was tough for her and she had to play them y'all. We, her junior and senior year in the regional tournament, she had to play her best friends. Like it was, I was like, Oh my goodness. But she did such a great job and I'm really proud of her. and, And she, was very blessed with the team and the coaches that she had at Colleyville heritage as well
1: in terms of marriage and parenting advice for coaching moms who are coming up can you think of anything that maybe you would have done differently or just specific points of advice
2: um you know i think that it's you hear this it's really hard to practice it but you really do have to put your marriage first and foremost um and, you know, it's hard for me to even understand that. And I think for a lot of moms that it's before your kids. Um, I mean, you have to be that example for them and that communication. And I don't know that we were always that great at that. I mean, and, and both of us being so driven in our careers, um, it, I look back at things sometimes and go, oh, I was really selfish. <laughs> and, oh, I was really just thinking of myself. And um, and that's hard to swallow because you're like, man, you know, Brian was going through those same things. And, um, and he's been so supportive and, and so, um, empowering, like it's, it's difficult for men, you know, to have women or their wife in a, um, in, in, in a leadership role, because it, sometimes you, you have to be in, you know, her spouse and that's, that's hard sometimes, but I would say just communicate and keep those, um, keep those doors open and, and, and to keep your marriage at the forefront and, And to take time, Um, we still don't take enough time for one another um, because we're just so busy and we try to do something with the kids or whatever before, but I feel like as we're getting older, we're starting to a little bit more. And, and, And I would encourage you to do that from day one.
0: Are there any certain boundaries that you set for yourself professionally? I've heard that you went to all of Bryn's games, or you tried to get to as many games as you could for her at Oklahoma State. Are there any other things that you do professionally, like hours in the office or anything that you kind of set that draws those boundaries and helps you maintain the quote-unquote work-life balance? (laughs)
2: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, 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 don't know if I'm the best at that um, because I do think that I did put a lot of um, uh, pressure on myself, I guess, um, to make sure that I was there for Bren and Brayden because um, I felt like they just did again, had to sacrifice so much, but I was distinctly remember asking my kids when one of my um, low moments and feeling really guilty and feeling, um, really, you know, um, like just, I'm not, I'm not there for my parents, my my kids, like, what am I doing? And I remember asking them and they were younger. Uh, but I said, guys, do I, do I, does mom need to do something else? Like, do I need to do something different? Like, is is this just too much? And Brayden was like, mom, what else can you do? (laughs) I was like, Good point. <laughs> Not offended at all, <laughs> and and okay. And they both were like, "Mom, this is what you do. This is who you are, and we're so proud of you." And um, I think you have to involve your kids in in those things um, because I think that they understand the time commitment when they get perks. And I don't mean that in a bad way, but when they get to go back in the gym during your game in the practice gym and get shots up, you know, and Brent, I mean, Brayden was always like, I said, Brayden, did you see the game? Mama I was getting shots up. Okay. <laughs> At least you were there. You know, I mean, um, I know when I took the WT job and I was feeling very like my kids are so young and I was like, I'm really worried about this. Our, one of our first trips was to um, the Disney world tip off classic. And I made sure that I took Bryn. I, I, Brayden, unfortunately Brayden did not get to go, but Bryn went and my mom went with us and that was, she remembers that like crazy, you know? I mean, I had Braden on the bus with me a few times and uh, he, and and my husband gives me a hard time. Oh, Disney world and a bus trip to San Angelo. Okay. (laughs) I was like, Hey, he didn't care. He thought it was amazing. That's all that matters. And we didn't tell Braden for the long time that Bryn got to go to Disney world (laughs) that came up later, but just things like that. I mean, I, I took our team to Hawaii and, and of course they got to go. Um, just little things. But, but I will say that when Brynn was in college, I did, I made sure. And so many people are like, I don't know how you do it. And I'm like, moms know how I do it. And you just do it because there's going to be a time when I wish I could do it. And I'm not going to be able to, because her, her time is going to be over. So, I mean, I cherished that time. Like I loved, like one of my favorite memories of Bren's freshman year, as we played out in California and on the way home we were gonna travel and then give a day off and so and and i will say this too um schedule you you're when you're the head coach you are in charge of your game schedule i specifically did not schedule on tuesday and friday nights as much as possible because i was like i'm in control of that and so i i really made sure um But one of my favorite times is that we were coming back and I flew instead of flying home for the day off, I flew to Wichita, Kansas to see Bren play Wichita state. And you should have seen when I showed up, they, I mean, everybody was like, were you just in California? And I was like, yes, I was. And look at me, I've got my, you know, I had my orange on at the time and ready to go. And it just means so much to them. And and it means a lot for, it, it was great memories for me. So, um, and another God thing was last year when we got to play in the Virgin Islands and Bryn's team played in the Virgin Islands. That was 100% not my doing. Uh, we were actually going to try to play in a different tournament. And it just, and, and Coach Littell had told me um, that summer that they were playing in the Virgin Islands. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's so awesome. Did it? Totally forgot, totally forgot. And we start working on trying to go to the Bahamas and something fell out, whatever. Anyway, it didn't work out. And then very last minute, um my one of my assistants was like, um, so we can get in the Virgin Island tournament. I was like, what? And they did make it very much worth our while. They definitely needed another team to come in. And I was like, well, that's just silly. Like, I mean, why wouldn't we do that? It's a that's a great trip to the Virgin Islands. And they go, OK, well, you're going to have to play Oregon. I was like, "Ooh," and they're like, you're going to have to play Louisville. I was like, oh, <laughs> and they're like. And you're going to have to play Oklahoma state. I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> but I, actually I was like, Oh my gosh, I get to spend Thanksgiving in the Virgin islands with my team playing the best in the country, which is, and my girls at UTA were like, let's go. They were so fired up about it. And I get to watch, I get to be on the same, I get to yell for my kid, uh, you know, in, in th- two games in two games. And, and we got to spend that time together. So There are just so many perks that can happen. And um, I I do think that, I mean, I do think that you have to rely on your staff. And if you really do, like you just said it, Erica, before about Sue, you know, and, and Brooke, if you really do preach family, then your players need to see that and your recruits need to see that. And not one time have I called a recruit and said, Hey, I can't make your game tonight because my daughter's playing and I can make it to her game tonight. Da, 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 da. But, but, you know, coach AC is going to be there instead. And every time those recruits like, coach, we get it. I'm absolutely. Da, 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 da. And it kind of makes you real in their eyes. And I think that's super important. Really, really, really important. Agreed.
0: I, it, we just, we preach it on here and it, we think it's so true. <laughs> it's just it is. It's we're modeling for these girls day in and day out in so many aspects. And when we can model the importance of family, I, I think any parent you know will appreciates that. Like you're saying, like just that that connection between us as coaches and the parents who are sending their daughters to play for us. I think it's you absolutely. Can't it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So last question or one of the last questions moving is, is always what even when it's for your dream job, it is, it's moving. So are there still any things left on your to-do list that you have to, are you done? Are you one of those that just gets it done and let's go, I'm settled, I'm ready. Or do you have stuff left?
2: We have not even bought a house yet. We have not. Uh, 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 so our, our thought process probably wasn't the best on this, but, um, but the my very first thing was getting my kids situated and like literally in the first 24 hours we had brin coming to texas tech and we had Braden walking on and and praise god for matt wells who um had actually they had they recruited Braden a little bit and y'all just a little bit of a god thing too um and i don't know that i need to be sharing all this but um brayden's junior year um he had one offer from a division 1 and it was utah state and it was matt well's staff and then matt comes to texas tech and um and they're at it tech so matt ne- didn't necessarily um you know n- remember braden and all that stuff but they had taught to him those types of things and so whenever um, i called matt and said I understand roster spots. I understand all these things, you know, and I said, so I'm just asking if there happens to be an opportunity. And he went back and talked to his, his staff and his staff remembered Brayden and they were like, Oh, that's great. That would be awesome. Like, get it. cause he really needs their strength and conditioning. He needs their nutrition. He needs that redshirt year to, you know, to gain weight and all those good things. So what a blessing, you know, what a blessing for that. So I got those two things situated immediately and, I could breathe a little bit because we knew Brian was going to stay. And to be quite honest, Brian was like, "Um, Where am I going to live? Like, what am I going to do? And I was like, Just stay in the house. It'll be okay. (laughs) You can stay there for now. But I think Brian's figuring out now that if we would hurry up and move here, that I would have to take the dogs. And so (laughs) he's like, Maybe you should go ahead and get a house. So we are looking. We have gotten a little more urgency because I'm like, Oh, this is this isn't going to work, you know, with me not having a house. Like we've got to have a house here. So we're trying to move that along. In fact, I was just talking to my realtor there and my realtor here just yesterday. So hopefully we can get that going sooner rather than later.
0: Gosh. <laughs> yeah. And then eventually, you know, you'll coach some basketball, but you're right. It is, it's about everything <laughs> but basketball right now. Bless exactly. Your heart. <laughs> exactly.
2: And I tell the girls, even now, I'm like, y'all, my, even in a normal time, but my, my oasis is, is practice. Like I love to be in practice. So even the little bit of practice that we get right now is so therapeutic for me. So I definitely am getting in the gym with them.
0: That is awesome. Krista, wow, thank you for sharing all of that. But we wanna know, what is winning the game for you right now in life or in your job, anything? <laughs>
2: Yeah. Um, winning the game for me right now is enjoying the moment. Um, you just can't get wrapped up in things you can't control. You can't get wrapped up in the, um, chaos. You know, there's so much chaos. Um, you can't, um, worry about, um, the future even, I mean, you just have to work every single day. And, and, um, even right now, I mean, I'm working like crazy and just crazy hours and, um, which is, which is kind of one of the nice things about Brian being back in Colleyville that I don't have to worry about getting home and, you know, and, and, and being there with him. Like he knows I'm not there, you know? So, um, and and then the kids as well, but I just think, um, every time I wake up though, and I put my feet on the floor, I'm like, oh my gosh, I get to go do this. And, um, I just, just enjoy it. I mean, that's winning it because, It's gonna take a while. It's gonna, to to win at the level that we wanna win at and of course the expectations that we have, it's gonna take us a while. So I can't get caught up in that. I gotta get, I have to just enjoy this moment, enjoy the grind and just know that I'm getting to hopefully impact, um, you know, some young ladies in this community and this university on a daily basis and, and, and enjoy that.
1: As you were talking, I was thinking, I had a conversation with Kelly Harper after she took her job. And she used the phrase drinking water from a fire hose. And that's what I was like, that's probably what it feels like for you right now.
2: <laughs> no doubt. Yes, no doubt. And that was another thing, you know, don't be afraid to ask for help because it really does take a village. And I don't think Bryn really understands that all those people that have helped us raise them are now just her biggest fans. And I think it's so cool for them to all feel like they um, are invested in some way. But I just, want to keep encouraging you guys and and just doing great things and being great role models for these young ladies because they need it bless their hearts they need it
0: well thank you for your example and my gosh your time today I really we appreciate it I
1: know I can't believe that you gave us this time when you have so much going on so thank you
2: no this is worth it this is 100% this is what it's all about so thank you guys for thinking of me
0: we want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in to the Moms in Coaching podcast. We hope you'll join us again for our next episode. Also, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at momsincoaching@gmail.com at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Moms in Coaching. Bye, everyone. Until next time.